Hello, and welcome to the third in a series of podcasts produced by the Office of Interactive Disclosure of the Securities and Exchange Commission, or the SEC. My name is Mark Story, and I will be your host of today's inaugural podcast. This is the third in a series of podcasts designed to introduce people to interactive data, or what some people call XBRL. The Office of Interactive Disclosure at the SEC heads up our interactive data efforts. But before beginning, as always, I need to let you know that the views we express today are our own and not necessarily those of the Securities and Exchange Commission, of its chairman, of its commissioners, or of my colleagues on the staff. Those of us who work at the SEC are all required to add that disclaimer whenever we speak publicly. Moreover, we encourage all questions and comments. If you have one about interactive data generally, please send it to our email address. It is ask-oid at sec.gov. Again, that's ask-oid at sec.gov. With that out of the way, I am pleased to introduce my guest, Mr. Alfred Berkeley, who is Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of the Pipeline Financial Group, Inc., and Pipeline Trading Systems, LLC. Mr. Berkeley is also Chairman of the Board of XBRLUS, the local jurisdiction of XBRL International, a not-for-profit consortium of approximately 500 companies and agencies worldwide who are working together to build the XBRL language and promote and support its adoption. Moreover, Al has 30 years of experience in the financial industry. Prior to joining Pipeline from June 96 to August 2003, Al served as president and then vice chairman in the NASDAQ stock market. Before NASDAQ, Al was managing director of Alex Brown & Sons, a leading investment bank. Um, Al co-founded Alex Brown's technology group in 1975. So, Al, you've been involved in technology for some time. I hate to think. (laughs) um, This group completed about 500 financial offerings for clients while you're associated with Alex Brown. Um, Mr. Berkeley is a graduate of the Wharton School of Finance at the University of Pennsylvania, getting an MBA, and the University of Virginia. So you're a, a Wahoo as well. And, I am indeed. Uh, and you also served as an officer in the United States Air Force. So, um, Al, I'd like to welcome you to the SEC podcast. Thank you so much. Well, I'm so glad to be here. I think it's a very interesting subject and has such huge impact on, on investors in the future that I'm delighted to be part of educating the community on what we're doing. Well, great. Thanks for, thanks for being part of this. And as somebody who's been involved in technology since 1975, I, I can't wait to get your perspective on some pretty interesting topics. Um, so, so let's let's get right to it. Um, as someone who has been involved in technology in the markets for, I, I'm not saying this to embarrass you, but more than 30 years, and as the chairman of XBRL US, can you give us a sense of what is the most significant benefit that investors can anticipate if all companies were to report using the XBRL or interactive data format? Well, I think that XBRL and the interactive data concept is going to democratize access to data in a way that investors can't really imagine until they see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Information is going to be be available thoroughly, completely, immediately uh, in ways that uh, have been very difficult to accomplish or very expensive to accomplish uh, so far. An investor will be able to set up a spreadsheet, for example, uh, to compare uh, fields of information on various companies uh, and have the information flow into those spreadsheets uh, electronically and automatically uh, when that information becomes available 
uh, in the SEC system or at the company's website. Mm-hmm. So there's there's an immediate benefit. There's an immediate benefit, and it cuts out all the costs of uh, intermediaries preparing data for you. I think many investors will elect to use intermediaries because they will provide useful value added in terms of analytical programs. But the data itself is going to be freely available uh, to anybody that wants it uh, immediately after it's available to anybody so that the uh, public investors faces no um, uh, disadvantage versus the professional investor. Correct. And and for the retail investor, for example, um, one could uh, look at some of this XBRL data using viewers, correct? That's correct. And, and people will be able to compete. Uh, companies will be competing to offer those viewers. And so you should get uh, rich improvements in the functionality of the viewer at very low cost to the to the individual investor. Great. And just a quick note for those who are listening that uh, there are indeed some sample viewers on the SEC website. And if you're interested in looking at some of the different viewers, you can visit www.sec.gov slash XBRL. Well, Al, so we've talked about in, in a kind of a general case about some of the benefits. How long do you think it might take for investors and analysts to, to really recognize those benefits? Well, I think that question has two parts to it. One, I relate to my own experience. How long will it take me to realize this is something that I want to do? Mm-hmm. And the other is after I realize it's something I want to do, how long will it take me to get the tools in place and begin making productive use of the uh, of the new technology? Uh, I think that uh, as in any technology market, you'll have early adopters and, and fast followers, and then you'll have the mass uh, participation, and then later you'll have uh, laggards who eventually get to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very classic adoption pattern in technologies of all types. Uh, the early adopters who are out there playing with uh, with XBRL tools now uh, get quite excited about it because I believe that this advance is as important to investors as the original introduction of Edgar was. 25 years ago or so, where uh, the SEC began making uh, information available electronically. Hmm. Even uh, so, it's 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 an order of magnitude improvement in in the data that's available to you and the usefulness of that data and the ease of use of that data. Now, that being said, um, I think the easiest way to to get started once you once it dawns on you that hey, this may be worth doing. Uh, is to go to the SEC website, pull down one of the viewers, and uh, look at some of the data that's up there in the in the pilots, and uh, just just see what you can do with it. I'd also get out, get on the web, and I would uh, search for uh, other sites that have XBRL, other tools that have XBRL, and just make yourself generally familiar with what's available. I would also go to the XBRL US site, which uh, which I think uh, has lots of explanatory data. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, that's terrific, and I guess as someone who probably remembers the dawn of Edgar, so that's that's quite a significant statement uh, that you just made. Yes, um, I do remember the dawn of Edgar, and it, and there was a lot of questioning about whether it would be worth anything, and now people can't get along without it. Exactly the same thing will happen to XBRL. People will wonder whether it's worth the effort to get familiar with it, to embed it into their workflow, and once they do, they'll say, "How did I ever get along without this?" Well, that's fascinating. Well, well, based upon, I guess, your, your 
uh, more than 30 years of experience um, kind of at the crossroads of the markets and technology. Do you have an opinion on why so few investors today are involved in interactive data? Well, um, the tools aren't widely available uh, in their mind. Now, one thing you should know is that the major spreadsheet vendors, uh, the major word processing vendors, the major database vendors are all, uh, they have all either made XBRL implementations possible in their technology or they're about to. Mm -hmm. So that the underlying tools that make all this actionable by investors at the personal level are, are increasingly there. Mm -hmm. That's the building block, the foundation building blocks you need to make any of this work. So um, you can uh, plot uh, what uh, Microsoft, for example, has done uh, by looking at their tools and, and uh, going in their help sections and asking about XML or XBRL. Sure, sure. So uh, a simple Google search can, do you think, could reveal uh, some pretty good information? I think it certainly could, and I also think if you just go into the uh, help sections of the spreadsheet you're using or the uh, or the word processor you're using or the database you're using, those being the three basic tools that most people use for financial analysis um, and managing their data, uh, mm -hmm. that you'll, you'll see that. You can also um, look uh, for, uh, if, if you do a search, uh, you can look for the vendors that are offering XBRL tools because they will undoubtedly have paid for AdWords and be popping up on the right-hand side of your search. Mm -hmm. uh, and in addition to this, uh, as you know, our last podcast was recorded with Michelle Savage, also of XBRL US, and she indicated that there is quite a bit of information that is available on your website, which is www.xbrl.us, has uh, commonly asked questions for filers, uh, has all kinds of links to software vendors and quite a bit of information there that's available for people as well, correct? That's absolutely correct. And uh, if, you, if you're an investor and sort of want to know where all this is in the process of happening, uh, what, uh, what we've done is to deliver to the SEC uh, a large number, approximately 15,000, uh, different data fields that are carefully defined across uh, uh, more than a dozen industries uh, and those, uh, we're now in a public comment period where mostly uh, filers, large companies that uh, will be filing their data using the system, or the accounting firms or the uh, service vendors, the data service vendors, are looking at these uh, offerings in great detail and are coming back into the SEC with comments. Uh, this is the great strength of our democratic process is we don't get uh, requirements to do things until they've been vetted through public periods of, of comment. Mm -hmm. uh, and that will enhance uh, and improve the program. And after that, uh, the SEC will hold more hearings and, and uh, decide whether this will be mandated or not. Mm -hmm. Precisely. Well, well, this has been a fascinating talk. Um, and, and I'd really like to thank you for being part of today's podcast, Al. Um, with that, this concludes the Securities and Exchange Commission Office of Interactive Data Dis Inter Office of Interactive Disclosure podcast number three. And remember that this is just the third in a series of podcasts about the world of interactive data. We encourage all questions and comments. And again, if you have one about interactive data generally, please send it to our email address at ask-oid@sec.gov. Uh, be sure to check back soon as we will be responding to listeners 
listener inquiries in coming podcasts. And again, Al, I'd like to thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And for Al Berkeley, this is Mark Story saying thank you for listening.